Hello, everyone. Welcome to a socially distanced episode of The Awesome Village. My name is Greg, and joining me is... John. Glenn. And Ryan. That's right. Ryan is back after his sabbatical. How you Not been, really. Ryan? I've been better, buddy. Tell us a little I bit have. about your, your experiences with Nicholas Cage <laughs> and whatnot. I, I, I wish that was why I was unavailable the last few weeks. No, I unfortunately did test positive for covid and, uh, yeah, it, it's not pleasant is the best way I could describe it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I had a fever in the high hundreds that I couldn't get rid of for over a week. A lot of coughing, congestion, lost my sense of taste and smell, although I can taste now. I got that back. Um, yeah, it was a uh, it, it's and I'm still. Not 100%. I still have some symptoms, so I'm still not really being around people. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, I I 100% believe, and I don't want to get into a whole thing about the vaccine and everything. I don't really care, to be honest with you. You can get vaccinated or you don't get vaccinated. I really don't give a shit. But in my (laughs) personal experience, if I was not vaccinated, I'm pretty sure I would have been hospitalized for sure and might not have survived. Like, it was... I mean, to have a fever of 102 for a week straight, like if I wasn't vaccinated, who knows how bad it could have got. So I'm glad I got vaccinated before I contracted it. Yeah. So that's my two cents on the whole thing. Yeah. We're glad you did, too. Yeah, yeah been, we are, too, buddy. I've been fighting some kind of bug for the past two weeks, too. It's not it wasn't COVID. I got tested for it and my symptoms weren't nearly as bad as, as Ryan. But I've just been kind of coughing for two weeks and. I didn't want to get anybody sick on anything, and Ryan, you know, is, he's kind of getting better, so that's why we kind of decided to just do this Skype episode. Just yeah. yeah, apparently. Give us another week. Yeah, I still have a cough, which apparently is still considered being symptomatic, which means you're technically still contagious. So it would be, it's definitely best we decided to do it this way. Yeah. So if, if you guys hear coughing and stuff during this episode, you know, just give, give us it's a break me. this week because we we got we're trying to we're trying to get it done. Yeah, we, we couldn't deprive you guys of Ryan another week. That's and right. Ryan, you know, he, he's a yeah. he, he's working not, his way through this to get to. I get am to you. not gonna. It's not gonna be the usual me, you know. But uh, <laughs> I'm here. So Ryan, one of the things you mentioned you've been doing while you've been away is you've been watching the Olympics. Yeah, that's th- that's one benefit of the fact that I had to quarantine for. I mean, it's been it's gonna be going on two weeks this Thursday, and uh, yeah, the Olympics really was a godsend. <laughs> Because it was on all day and all night. What, is, what has been your favorite uh, sport or moment from the Olympics this far, Ryan? Um, favorite moment, I think, would have to be, um, I believe the swimmer's name is Caleb Dressel, the American swimmer. Um, I happened to watch his first swim. I don't remember what the name of the event was, but it was his first swim. It was the one he was considered to be not his strongest at, and he ended up winning the gold medal. And, you know, the, the fan, fans and family are not allowed there, but they had them, like, on video. And just seeing his family's reaction, cheering and crying with him winning, that was my favorite moment. But, man, the Olympics added so many sports. There's rock climbing, there's surfing, there's bicycling, there's skateboarding. They also have synchronized diving, which I didn't remember that being in existence before either. Did anyone do the triple? Yeah. I remember that. You remember that? I don't remember seeing that. That's some amazing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then while that was going on, ESPN2 became the Ocho for a day, and I watched the 
Tetris World Championship and the World Pogo Stick Championship. Yeah, I saw some of the I saw some of the Tetris thing. They made that game look so easy. <laughs> and I also watched uh, the World. It was like the World Tag Championships. It was just like parkour or something. Wait, wait, tag champion championships? Yeah, it was like, like there were teams of tag. Yeah, it was two teams of five. And like the, the John Hamm movie. Yeah, except they were in like this arena with like these it's like it was like looked like scaffolding set up all over and like they were just running around the scaffolding and one person is trying to tag the other one. Like we 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 could turn anything into a, some sort of sport, can't we? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, the fact that we have a hot dog eating championship kind of tells you that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's branched into a whole thing of competitive eating now. Yeah, I mean, I was in a Fourth of July. I was with Karen's family in Monroe, and somebody walked in and they had the the national cornhole champions on, and they were like, "I can't believe this is a sport that's shown on ESPN." I was like, "Well, you just missed the hot dog eating contest on ESPN, <laughs> yeah. also on ESPN." If you ever yeah. played cornhole, that those guys make that game look really easy, and it is hard. <laughs> it is. I've, it, I've it's not easy. I've won a couple games too. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a fun little game to play. I'm, I'm getting side-eyed by, uh, by someone. About cornhole? Yeah, because... Well, I mean, we're, we're, not, we're talking about the game with the beanbags, not the prison game. Yeah, not the prison <laughs> game. Um, so, Glenn, you, you watched Family Game Fight? Tell us a little bit about this, in keeping with the oh. sports theme. Yes, yes. In fact, this premiered right after the closing ceremonies of the Olympics. Me and Sandra were watching that, and we just didn't change the channel, and <coughs> it trans- transitioned right into Family Game Fight, and it's this is a it's a fun little show. Um, it's hosted by Chris and Bell and Zach Shepard, and um, there are two um, families on there. Um, this one, it was um, a group of, I think it was four brothers on one side and four sisters on the other, and um, Chris and Bell and Zach Shepard, they... Um, they they split up and they go they each join a, an opposing team and it's kind of similar to some of the game shows that Ellen DeGeneres would host the um, Celebrity Game Night and the Game of Games but um, it's a it's it's real it was really cute them two they're just they're awesome um, and it just it seems like you know they generally like we've talked a lot about. You know how Elizabeth Banks hosting the um, pressure luck. How she generally seems like she's rooting for these people, and they just seem like they're just having so much fun playing. You know, with these um, kind of group games with these families, and it's a it's a lot of fun. Apparently, it's going to be on Wednesdays from here on out on uh, NBC. But um, if you're just kind of looking for something to throw on that you don't really have to pay attention to, and just kind of maybe sit back and have fun with your your spouse or whatnot, I think this would be a, a lot of fun. So far, I said it's just been the one episode. Nice. Well, uh, we can do a three-episode rule for Ted Lasso, because I've seen all three episodes of season two. John has not caught up with this yet. I've uh, seen all of season one, and I mean, I was hooked on it after the first episode of season one. I, I didn't need three episodes to tell me that. Yeah, it. Uh, I can tell you, the, the this season is... It, I'm a little bit concerned, though, because they said that the, they only have a plan for three seasons, and uh, Jason Sudeikis is open to them backing a money truck up and him doing it again, but I'm 
a little bit concerned that we're only we might only get one more season. Uh, yeah. But if you remember kind of where the last season left off, it's uh, the team's been relegated, which is they've dropped down uh, into like kind of like the minor leagues of uh, of, of football. Um, and there's a couple of things that have been shuffled around, including trying to find a place for uh, someone like Roy Kent, who, you know, retired from the team. And uh, he's played brilliantly by Brett Goldstein. But basically, it's uh, the first few episodes are about him finding a new place. He's coaching a, a, a girls' soccer team, which has been kind of funny. And uh, basically, all of them trying to, kind of getting along. They've tied, like, seven games straight. Um, and it's just kind of this, this nice balance, but they need something to kind of shake things up. And then there's a therapist that they hire to kind of talk to the team, and she kind of sticks around and uh, provides some insight into Ted and how he does things. Uh, if you like the first season, though, John, you're going to love this season, and I particularly think you're going to love what they do with Roy Kent. Okay, good. Was, very good. was he was he the one that was the boyfriend of the uh, of the nurse in Derek, the Ricky Gervais show? I think you might be right. Because I remember that when I saw Ted Lasso, I was like, I know this guy from somewhere, and I think that's where it was from. Yeah, I'm trying to imagine him. He, he's shaved in, in, in Afterlife, though, isn't he? Yeah, and, and he wasn't yeah. he wasn't as a uh, he wasn't as uh, angry in that as he as he is in Ted Lasso. Yeah, really good show. You should give it a watch. Um, but it's you on watch Apple, White Lotus. It's on Apple TV, right? It is on Apple TV Plus. Yes. Yes, I, I did watch White. I have watched White Lotus. I've watched five of the six episodes they're going to be. There's going to be six. It's a six episode uh, limited series on HBO. White Lotus is a Hawaiian resort, and it's about these for kind of for rich people. And there's these, these a few different groups of people that are there, and the guy that runs the the White Lotus. And it's just some strange things go on, and just the the, the characters are all very kind of have their own little quirks and things. Um, uh, the the main guy that plays the the guy that runs the hotel he's an Australian actor I've never really seen him in anything before and I it's slipping my mind what his name is but uh, there's one family that's there that's where the the parents are Steve Zahn and Connie Britton and then they've got an, a daughter that's in college and she's there with her her best friend who they're kind of like they're best friends but they also kind of at odds with each other and and then there's the the younger son who the, the sister just keeps kicking out of their, the hotel room because she doesn't want him to be near her because she's a bitchy older sister. Then you've got uh, Jennifer Coolidge is a character who is there by herself to scatter her mother's ashes in the, in the water. And then there's a, there's a, a newly married couple who is played by the guy that played Plop in, in the office. You know, the, the young guy that played... Uh, oh, yeah. And, and Alexander Daddario is his, his new bride. And, uh, and they're there... And, He's just kind of like this this rich guy that married this you know this girl who's a journalist and she's never had much money and he's he's clearly just like this really waspy guy that wants everything perfect and is telling her she doesn't have to work and all this stuff and all these different crazy things are happening on the island and the show apparently was written by uh, Mike White who if you look him up I'm sure you'll have seen this guy in a bunch of stuff he's apparently a, a friend of Jack Black funny enough this Mike White and Jack Black and in School of Rock he's the one that played his his roommate and best friend the one who they took over the job for. And uh, so, yeah, that guy, he's not actually in the show, or at least not so far, but uh, he wrote and directed it. It's, it's very good. Karen and I have uh, 
we've really been enjoying it. And there's a uh, there's one episode left. Oh, and the other thing that in the very beginning of the first episode, it's like the end of all these people's vacation, and apparently there's a body being put onto the the airplane, and you don't know who it is that's gonna die, but some somebody's gonna be dead. And I'm five episodes in, and nobody's died yet, so we're we're waiting to see who that is too. So it's one of those things where you just kind of you're watching, kind of like who's. Kind of like in, in uh, Big Little Lies, where you're like, you know somebody's going to get killed, but you're kind of, who's who's going to get killed here? But uh, yeah, it's HBO Max. Um, I think it's on, it's on regular HBO, but you can watch them all on HBO Max. And uh, the the last one will air this coming Sunday. Excellent. Well, yeah. you know, Ryan, in watching things this week, you and John have uh, both watched a movie and this stars the the you know wonderful Nicolas Cage, if I'm not mistaken. This is really incomparable. The incomparable. Yes. Yep, Ryan watched this a while back and told me how how wonderful it was, and sure enough, he wasn't wrong. It's uh it's as crazy as as he said. It's this this guy who he plays this character. I'm trying to remember, Ryan. Does the character even have a name? Uh, he does not have a name. The movie he is doesn't Willy's have a name. Wonder- yeah, Willie's Wonderland is the name of this place that's kind of – it seems kind of like a Chuck E. Cheese or Showbiz Pizza kind of place with these weird animatronic you know, robots, and they do things for birthday parties. And basically there was these – the people that were running Willie's Wonderland were – it was run by this guy who was a serial killer and a bunch of other serial killer friends of his. And when they uh, the police came in to stop them, they all did some sort of satanic ritual – when they all died, so that their spirits went into these animatronic creatures. Okay. So the animatronic creatures started just killing people. So you know they they keep having the the guy that owns it now has to keep bringing somebody in there to you know satiate these 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 creatures that are in there. So along comes Nicolas Cage's character, and he gets some flat tires, and he doesn't have any money to 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 get his flat tires fixed right away. So they say, well, hey, why don't you just come here and do some cleaning for the night, and you know, and we'll we'll fix up we'll fix up your tires. And there you go. And well, that's what happens. So, so this is kind of interesting. It, it, it's making a little bit of sense now. Um, this sounds very similar to the plot of the Five Nights at Freddy's. Thing yeah, kids were into for a bit. Yeah, because that's literally like you know the, there was a guy who made these animatronics and it killed a bunch of kids and there was this you know yeah. Um, that's it's like that that mixed with the original Child's Play. Yeah, that's that's a hundred percent right. And the fact that they have to like. It's sort of like they got to keep bringing people in just to like as as sacrifices for these creatures. So yeah, Cage is brought in there, and they told him, "Oh yeah, just spend the night, fix up some things." But like he's not expected to survive, and of course because it's Cage, he doesn't just survive; he thrives in this environment. Yeah, <laughs> and as 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 they say in the trailer, he's not trapped in there with them; they're trapped in there with him. Yeah, and it was uh, it's. It's, he, he doesn't, as Ryan said when he reviewed it a few months ago, he does not say a single word through the entire movie. And when he gets there, the, the guy that brings him in tells him, oh, yeah, you can wear one of these Willy Wonderland shirts. And there's a big stack of them. And he says, and don't forget to take breaks and pace yourself. So he sets his watch, and every so often he's got to take a break, and he pounds one of these big energy drinks that he's got a whole refrigerator full of, and, and he plays pinball on his break. And every time one of these – Things comes out of nowhere to to kill him. He ends up destroying it, getting animatronic blood, which is black oil, I guess, all over himself. And then his watch goes off, and he just stops what he's doing, goes and changes into a new shirt, drinks a drink, and plays pinball some more. And then he gets back to cleaning. 
Yeah. Just talking about this makes me want to go watch it again because it's yeah. so much fun and it's so hilarious. Yeah. And it's this yeah, I, I had I had a really good time watching it. It was it was really funny. And it's uh it is on Hulu right now. And and John, if you have to give this a score, what would that score be? I can only go up to ten. Uh, <laughs> I mean Um I mean, as far as something like if you're going into it expecting this type of like what type of movie it is, I mean, I'd probably give it about an eight. I mean, it was it was really funny. I mean, it's like like we always say, I mean, if I put this up, you know, for the Oscars, I mean, it's probably like a one or, or something. But I mean, this is a movie that does not, you know, take itself seriously whatsoever. And that's it's just a lot of fun. That's yeah, why the Oscars that's, suck. That's right. That's right. Because you're right. This movie um like in, in achieving what it's trying to achieve. I don't really know that there was anything else they could have done to make the movie better. I mean, I just no. thought it was like so much fun. And I mean, like the, the special effects, as you've said before, are not special in it. And that's kind of, that kind of added to it a little bit. It kind of yeah, made it more, a, more like yeah. more B movie grindhouse kind of thing. Right. I'm glad they didn't use like digital effects. That would have taken yeah. away from it. And yeah. Nicholas, they, they like, and it's funny the way when they they'll have people that are talking to them and they purposely have the characters that just like kind of don't stop talking. So it does it like they don't give him a chance to talk. But then when they do ask him a question, he'll just kind of make give him like a little look and they'll be like, oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. And that's what it is. But he does not speak a single word from start to finish in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Big Crazy. thumbs up. Ryan, you revisited a, a classic film from John Candy called Only the Lonely. Yeah, I actually had never seen it. Um and it was on, I believe, Stars. And it was uh, me and my girlfriend were hanging out one night and we were looking for, like, you know, a romantic comedy. And neither one of us had seen it. And uh, we put it on. And it's a, if you haven't seen it, um, I didn't know it's directed by Chris Columbus, who actually wrote it, too. And it stars John Candy and Ali Sheedy. Um, uh, Maureen, James O'Hara. Bel- Maureen O'Hara. James Belushi's in it. And, uh, Kevin Dunn, right? Kevin Dunn, yeah. Uh, Candy plays a, a police officer who's uh, pretty much been taking care of his mom his whole life. He's 38 years old, and he just happens to meet this uh, this girl at a bar who happens to be like a, a one of those makeup artists for morticians and stuff and cleaning up dead bodies. And they, you know, have a first date. It's sort of that's another thing about the movie. Like the two of them as a couple had really good chemistry, I thought, in the movie. They were very, uh, very likable and adorable and you're rooting for them. And, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm uh, kind of upset that I didn't see it. I mean, the movie's like what, 20, 20 to 30 years old. I just uh, 1991. Yeah. It's, it's old as 30, 30 years old. Made me miss John Candy. I mean, he was such a likable man and I, and it showed this movie I thought was really good how it showed his, his obviously his his comedy abilities, but it also showed he did have some dramatic chops. So uh, if yeah. you haven't seen it or if you just haven't seen it in years, it's definitely worth revisiting and you can find it on stars right now. It's both a great uh, movie and a great Roy Orbison song. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And I'd probably give it about a. Yeah. Maureen O'Hara plays his mom. Yeah. 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 yeah and I think it was her last movie. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Um, well, a couple of us have seen The Suicide Squad. I have seen all but like 25 minutes of it. Uh, 
So you guys, why don't you, uh, you and Glenn John, take me through a little bit of what you guys experience in the Suicide Squad? It's just, it's madness, basically. It's this, this, yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was like the first one on steroids. I mean, it was. Okay, so let's just get out, get out the way. You don't really need to have seen the first one to watch. You it. don't. You don't. Um, this is uh, Amanda Waller. Uh, though I think the only thing, like a couple of characters, kind of already know each other. But other than that, this is like a fresh take on this yeah. concept of Suicide I, Squad. I have a question: Is this an actual sequel to the last Suicide Squad? Yes. Yeah, they don't mention anything about the first movie, but three or four characters already know each other. This, I mean, this, the, the first movie, you know, it was just like a mission. This is just like another mission of the Suicide Squad. Right. So, like, Idris Elba's character, who is, is was Will Smith, right, in the first one? No, the oh, characters no, are character. It's a new oh, character. It's a new oh, it's character. A new character. And their characters are kind of similar, but they're they're not. The, it's not the same person. Yeah, Idris Elba plays Bloodsport. Yeah, oh, okay. I, I don't know. It kind of seems almost like I don't know if Will Smith couldn't be around for the like. I don't know how what because the characters are so similar that it almost. Yeah, seems I, like I, I think it was a scheduling thing. Like even even the stuff like the, he's doing it for his daughter kind of thing was like the same yeah. the same thing. But um, now famously James Gunn got fired from Disney for a period of time, and Warner Brothers basically opened up their chest and said, "You can pick whatever you want," and this is what James Gunn wanted to do. So um, this is James Gunn, and probably his most James Gunnest. Yeah. <laughs> this. Yeah. I mean, this movie's insane. Um, at one point, it kind of turns into Slither, but um, it yep. really didn't bother me. Um, no. Nope. It's just nuts. Uh, King Shark is kind of... He kind of did the same thing that he did with Groot, with King Shark, where yep. he made this lovable little... Like, not little, this lovable creature, that except it's who's bloodthirsty and he's voiced by Sylvester Stallone. Well, it was kind of like Killer Croc too in the first movie. I mean, yeah, yeah, but but I, I feel it more more like Groot though. You're correct, more like Groot, but, but more um, like Killer Croc. Yeah, and it's fun if you watch the trailers for this, and they do a very good job of promoting all of the kind of DC characters in this. Don't get too attached to a lot of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, this, I'll, I mean, I'll say say this: the the movie follows very closely the concept of what the suicide squad is in the comics which is that anything can happen at any moment the suicide squad is a lot like the walking dead where characters can come in and die and all that kind of stuff and nobody is really safe because you're on this mission you're trying to they're dangerous missions then the the result is that you get 10 years off your sentence um if you make it out alive so you know this kind of skews very heavily in that direction um it also embraces the weirdness in a way that's a you know, different and refreshing. I'll, I'll say tonally compared to the first film. In the first film, too, we didn't really get to see David Iyer's version of it. Um, we really kind of saw the kind of similar to how we with Batman versus Superman, how it was edited down because Warner Brothers wanted it to do certain things. So I really kind of wish I, I got to see more of what Ayer had intended. Um, but tonally, yeah, they're, they're vastly different. The first was more like a music video, and like John said, kind of like a straight up. Like this is the the mission, and it's got more of the occult in it. This is more of the sci-fi. Yeah. So, and as far as like we were talking about with the characters, without giving anything away, I would say that the way they did the marketing with all these characters in it is the same way. If you remember, Dick Tracy did the marketing with all those characters. That's a good analogy. 
But, um, yep. yeah, some of the new characters. We were introduced to the Peacemaker, played by John Cena, who's getting his own television series. Um, yeah. Let's see who else. Harley Quinn's back. We mentioned Bloodsport. Uh, Colonel Rick Flagg's back. Um, Nathan Fillion Captain- plays a character. TDK. Which one does TDK stand for? The Detachable Kid. That's right. The Detachable Kid. Which he made me and, laugh out loud. Yeah. And we got Captain Boomerang was back. That's right. Um, we um, got a Javelin is in it. We got a... The Weasel. The Weasel. <laughs> the Weasel. Was played by Sean Gunn. Sean, yeah. Well, it should have been played by Pauly Shore. Wait, what? He also Sean Gunn also played the Calendar Man. He did. In yeah. the very beginning. And then, and uh, let's see, King there's Shark. King Shark. There's the Polka Dot Man, isn't it? Oh, yeah. He was good. He was very good in it. Was the, um, the, the Smachian, I think, is his name, which he's popped up in a lot of stuff. He was yeah. in Dark Knight, and he was in Ant-Man. And... and he was, um, I'm trying to think who else was in this. Who did, uh, Oh, the uh, the rat catcher. Uh, the rat catcher, yeah. What was? She was really good. She was really good in it. And her father in flashbacks was Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi, yep. yeah. Yeah. There and was the Michael shade. Michael Rooker played Savant. That he he opened the film, yeah. Yeah, and and Peter Capaldi played uh, the thinker. The thinker. Yeah, that's right. And of course, Viola Davis back as Amanda Waller. Yeah. Right. So uh, I think that sums it up. So did y'all enjoy it? I really did, yeah. I had a very good time yeah. with it. Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun just because of the absolute insanity. Like, I couldn't I, – I, I'm, I'm positive if you walked into the room, like, my mouth was just ajar because it was just – I couldn't believe some of the stuff that they were doing. I'm going to hold off yeah. on, a, on, on giving a, a rating or a summation of it until I finish it. Like I said, about 25 minutes left of it. Um, what I've seen so far is very much like looking through the the comic books from like the early 2000s for Suicide Squad. So it, it's it's in, as a comic book fan, I'm enjoying it uh, from that point of view. Um, it's it's a weird tonal tonal shift from the first film though, and I, I'm kind of curious to see if James Gunn gets another one of these with what he does with it, or if there's some more of a of a tonal shift back to something like a spy thriller or something like that. Cause you, the, yeah. the, the concept is kind of rife for that kind of thing, depending on the, uh, the characters you put together. Sure. So, gentlemen, so, if you have to um, score it, what are you going to give it? I give it, I mean, going into this movie, just, you know, like a comic book movie like that. I, I give it like an eight. I was just, I was very entertained from start to finish. Yeah, I was going to give it an eight and a quarter. Of the three movies featuring Harley Quinn, this one's probably my favorite. But, um, really? You liked it more than uh, Birds of Prey? I think so. I'm not positive. Yeah. I've only seen it the once, but I think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you. It's kind of They're, they're kind of cl- pretty close together. I, I yeah. mean, I definitely like them both better than the last Suicide Squad movie. And, and I enjoyed the first Suicide Squad. I, I did too. Cool. Yeah. Well, Glenn, you got to watch it. I didn't get a chance to go to the theater to see this. I intended to, but we kind of got sidetracked with a bunch of stuff. Um, but you saw The Jungle Cruise. Yeah, I, I felt uh, obligated to, to, to see this. Um, yeah, I so saw yeah, it too. Yeah, yeah, John saw it too. 
Oh, cool. Yeah. So did they, they um, base it on on what happened to you, Glenn? They they deleted all of Glenn and Sandra's scenes out. I was very disappointed. Yeah, I think that we need Zack Snyder to come in and do the the, the Davis cut. Of, they're they're going to be in the, the Criterion edition. They're going to be in that. That's right. But um, no, this movie it uh, it's based on the theme park ride. It stars Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt. Dwayne Johnson uh, plays a character named Frank who lives out in is it I think it's Brazil and. He runs a little um, boat where he takes tourists on a cruise of the of the river. The Amazon River, yeah. The Amazon, and um, you know he's just he he's been doing it for a while. He does his little puns like they do in in the, in the ride. Um, and Emily Blunt is a character named Lily. Her and her brother are from England and. She's kind of not taken seriously, mostly because she's a woman. This is this movie takes place kind of at the time of the First World War, um, and they are looking for this special plant that's supposed to have these mystical healing powers that is somewhere in the Amazon, and they charter Frank to take them there. And, and she's a loves. and she's a she's a botanist, a, a doctor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But um, and it's her and her brother and. Her brother is played by a guy named Jack Whitehall, and I have to say I was very impressed with him because this character could have easily become extremely annoying, and he actually wasn't. He was pretty funny and very likable. Yeah, Jack Whitehall's a stand-up, a British stand-up comedian. He is actually very funny if you see him in other things. He hasn't been in a whole lot of stuff like like movies and things like that, but he's been on a lot of special, like variety specials and stuff as a comedian. Right, but um. And I, I have to say, this this movie is a lot of fun. Like, yeah, it reminded me a lot of um, the Brendan Fraser Mummy, like the first one. Yeah, that's a bold statement. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't say, I'm not gonna say it was as good as the Brendan Fraser Mummy movie, but I did, did like this movie. But I mean, I think we're going to be, it's the same like type of just fun action adventure kind of thing. And yeah. the chemistry between the three main leads is amazing. Yeah, very good. Very good. Like, Dwayne Johnson, he's always, you know, he's Mr. Charisma, but him and Emily Blunt play off each other very well. Um, it's And like I said, the the brother, he could have easily been annoying, and he wasn't. He was, he was funny. It was just, it was a very fun time. And, I, I mean, when you go see a movie, like this, just called the Jungle Cruise, based off a theme park ride. I can't think of anything else like they really could have done to make it better. I mean, it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, and it had some very good supporting characters too. Paul Giamatti's character, I feel, was a little. Paul Giamatti was a little bit wasted, and it, it could that could have been really anybody playing that part. But um, Edgar Ramirez was really good, and and Jesse Plemons was again very very good. He was good, yeah. He's he's always good. And he was finally playing somebody different. He wasn't creepy dude from Breaking Bad. Yeah. <laughs> he was creepy dude from Germany. Right. But I mean, some of the action, especially the stuff Emily Blunt was doing, reminded me a little bit of like Indiana Jones type stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was fun. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's available on Disney Plus Premiere Access, or you know, you can see it at the theater. Um, if I had to grade Jungle Cruise, I don't know, I'd probably give it know, seven and a half, seven and a quarter, somewhere around there. It yeah, was just, I had I'd, a lot of fun watching it. Yeah, I'd give it a seven. 
Awesome. Yeah. Well, we had a couple of, uh, of casting tidbits that have kind of been hot off the press within the last few days. Uh, one of which was the there's going to be a Wednesday series based on Wednesday Adams on Netflix, and they've cast at least I, I didn't see anything more than the two parents that they cast. I think that's all they've announced. So yeah, we, we've got uh, Louise Guzman, Guzman as uh, as Gomez, which is interesting. And then today, Catherine Zeta-Jones is going to be Morticia. Yep. And this is being developed by Tim Burton. I think it's pretty good, Kat. I did, too. I I wouldn't have called that, but I think it is actually pretty good. Yeah, no, like, the the Gomez uh, casting kind of harkens back to, like, the old Adam Family show. More so, because I I, I kind of thought of Raul Julia is is my Gomez. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, and the same thing with Angelica Houston and, and him will always be my, my Adams Family patriarch and matriarch. However, if you look at the latest Adams Family animated movie, the way that, that Gomez is drawn, it's Louis. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, I would agree. And, and like I said, in keeping with the original series as well. We also, uh, sure. they cast, now, is, is the Blue Beetle thing that we saw, is that is it a series or is it a film? It's going to be an HBO Max film. Okay. So yeah, and, the, and Beatles, the cast, um, I'm not. Yeah, um, I don't really know a whole lot about the Blue Beetle, but yeah, it's the the kid from Cobra Kai, which I'm gonna try not to butcher his name. I'm pretty sure his first name, which is spelled X O L O, I think it's Sholo is how he pronounces it. Um, Sholo Maradwani is uh, the actor who plays he plays Miguel in one of the main characters in Cobra Kai. He has been cast as the Blue Beetle. So yeah, Greg, who's the Blue Beetle? Well, there's actually a couple different versions of the Blue Beetle. The one that's most famous is probably the Ted Cord Blue Beetle, who hung out with Booster Gold. But the version that they're going with here is, is Jaime Reyes, who is infected with this scarab from outer space that gives him the, this Blue Beetle suit that kind of like an Iron Man type thing. So he's like a teenage Iron Man kind of basically learning how to to, to deal with these little powers he has and what does he, he do with them. Meanwhile, the original intent of the scarab that he's infected with uh, is a little bit more sinister. It's from this whole alien race called the Reach, and they use those to kind of, you know, take over planets and stuff. Okay, that sounds pretty. And they and they also cast. Um, we didn't mention uh, that girl is the the girl from um, in the Highlands. Oh yeah, yeah. In the Highlands, yeah. And I, the rumor is that they're keeping J.K. Simmons for that as uh, Commissioner Gordon, which is interesting. That is interesting. For some reason, yeah. I thought they would have gone with. Um, is it Jeffrey Wright? Yeah. But, yeah, cool. All right. Well, we did lose someone uh, recently that we should probably talk about. Um, if you were a fan of Night Court from back in the day, and I, I was. I remember growing up and watching that with my parents. Um, Marky Post was a big part of that. She also yeah. played Mary's mom, and there's something about Mary. And she passed away uh, at the age of 70, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah it's an after a, a long battle with cancer. I did not know she was that old. Yeah, well, I mean, Night, Night Court was, I mean, Night Court, she started on Night Court in 1984. I mean, that's... Wow. Just, yeah, and I mean, I, I don't think I've seen her very recently, but, I mean, she always looked good to me. She looked young. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect casting for Mary's mom and something about Mary. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Was. Absolutely. But, uh, yep, and Christine Sullivan in Night Court. Yeah, I saw John Larroquette wrote a very nice thing about her today. But, uh, yeah. If anybody listening has not seen Night Court yet, it is one of the most underrated sitcoms. It really oh, is. It is. It's a shame that awesome. people from the cast have passed away. Yeah, yeah and I don't sure. know what you could Matt died a couple weeks ago, huh? Yeah. 
Especially because they're bringing it back. Though. Isn't it like Harry's daughter? Oh, really? Yeah, about that, yeah. Yeah, with Larry yeah John Larroquette's going to be in it, and it's going to be the Melissa Roush from Big Bang Theory is supposed to be uh, Judge Harry's daughter. Oh, wow. That... Who's, who, who's also a night court judge. Interesting. Yeah. Well, Marky Post, you will be missed. Thank you for all the laughs and the memories. Yeah. And now it's time to nominate this week's Awesome Villager. Gentlemen, who are your nominees and why? Um, actually, I'm going to go with someone who uh, I didn't mention to you guys. I'm going to change mine. I'm actually going to go with uh, Peyton Manning, who was just recently inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame and gave an amazing speech, which uh, you'd expect nothing less from Peyton Manning. But being that he's a local boy and he played for uh, one of my favorite teams in sports, the Denver Broncos, for a number of years, and he's two-time Super Bowl champion, multiple-time league MVP, and just – uh, you know, just like if you've ever seen any of his episodes of the ESPN Plus show Peyton's Places, the dude is just hilarious. Um, he's got a great sense of humor. And, uh, yeah, I really can't wait to see what he does with his post-football career now. He's been retired four years now. And uh, Well, did you, hear about the money, did you hear about the Monday Night Football thing? Yeah, he's going to be doing that with Eli. Um, yeah, on, on ESPN, too. Podcast. It's going to be like right. an alternative thing because they said like the, the Nickelodeon thing went over so well. They wanted to do another alternative thing, but they're just doing ESPN, too. And it'll just be just the Manning Brothers hosting Monday Night Football. I'm going to watch yeah. that every week instead of the regular one. Right. It's going to be great. All right. We'll all celebrate right. by getting nationwide insurance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all, right. all right. I guess um, I'll go next. I'm, I'm going to nominate uh, Emily Blunt. She's having quite a run. I thought she was great in Quiet Place, too. And she was great in Jungle Cruise. I thought she was very believable as this kind of action hero from the World War One era. She had some some really great one-liners. Her chemistry with the actor that played her brother and Dwayne Johnson was off the chart. And I said, I just think she's great. Yeah, she's great in everything. She really is. Uh, I'm going to nominate Brett Goldstein from the aforementioned Ted Lasso. Uh, there's a lot of colorful characters on this show. His character makes me laugh every time he opens his mouth, uh, which he's a, he's a man of yeah. few words, but when, when he says them, they're hilarious. And for this actor to pull this off, it, it's this measure of control that as a, as a straight man that says funny shit that uh, it is really hard to, to kind of to do justice. So like I, I – this performance, even if, if he doesn't make it this week, when you guys watch this, just keep an eye out for Brett Goldstein. Yeah, he's awesome. All right, and I'm going to actually nominate John Cena, who played Peacemaker in in, uh, in Suicide Squad. I kind of, with all the characters they've been advertising, I kind of forgot John Cena was even going to be in the movie until I started watching it. I'm like, oh, yeah, John Cena's in it. I didn't know anything about the character. And, I mean, without, like, taking over the movie, he stole every scene he was in. Like, like. And it was, it was, he was hilarious in every scene he was in and just, and kind of sinister in some, in some parts. And it was just, uh, I was, I'm getting more blown away by John Cena. I, I can't believe how, how good of a, an actor he is. I mean, but he's like, like the rock, he, he picks his roles very well. Like he knows what he's good at. Yeah. He's funny. Yeah. And he's been, I like it how he's been doing all the press wearing the peacemaker costume. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, if you have to vote for someone other than your own, who would it be? John Cena. I got uh, to go with Peyton Manning. I had to go with Emily Blunt. I, I was going to go with John Cena. Oh, John Cena it is. All right. Too bad we can't see him. Yeah. 
He waved his hand in front of his face. We can't see him now. That's right. But uh, yeah, John Cena, come hang out with us. You know, if you want to wear the Peacemaker outfit, fine. Um, that'll be cool. We'll, we'll we'll chat with you. We'll share memories from train wreck and other things. Bumblebee. You can bench press Ryan. Yeah, there you go. That'll be cool. You can tell us about the Marine. We took your wife. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the movie even existed. <laughs> All right, well. Remember, there are many different ways of getting in touch with us and, and, and listening to us. There's Anchor Podcasts, Google Podcasts, a host of other platforms, including theawesomevillage.com, where you can listen to us. And anytime you do, you do support this channel. Um, it's been another fun week. This has been Greg. John. Glenn. And Ryan. We'll see you next week.